Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dead dragons to demonic danger. And today, we're covering Draco Liches. Hey, Brian. Man, we, you said the word dragon a lot more than I thought you were going to. I did. We did, did write that down, though. It is year of the dragon, you know. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the year. We know it's like the year of the, what is it, the boar or whatever? I don't know. We're, that's This has nothing to do with that. No, this it is doesn't. dungeon cast-centric. Mm-hmm. This is about fantasy. <clears throat> and as year of the dragon, I decided to end this year's Spooktober Spooktober Fest where you, with you the Draco Lich. Sorry, what? What? <laughs> I said I decided to end this year's Spooktober Spookfest with the Draco Lich. Oh, I made a weed joke. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Okay. So in D&D, let's talk about Draco Liches. Uh-huh. In D&D, a Draco Lich, also known as a Night Dragon, is simply put, a dragon that is turned to Lichdom in pursuit of immortality. In the Lich episode, we talked about how a Lich is essentially a powerful spellcaster who, through powerful and dark necromantic ritual transform themselves into undead versions of themselves mm-hmm. um they store their soul in a precious item called their phylactery and so long as their phylactery remains intact the lich can never truly die cool a draco lich is basically a dragon version of that with some differences that make the two unique from each other right one is a dragon the other one's a dude <laughs> well yeah that's one of the things but mm-hmm. also there are some other things now this kind of strikes me as very undragon like after all the lore oh, we've it been is. through? Oh, it is. And we will talk about that. Okay, ex- cool. Pretty extensively. Um, so the Draco Lich is a, it's a D&D original. It was actually created by Ed Greenwood, who is the author behind Elminster and the uh, Forgotten Realms in general. He created the Forgotten Realms. Hi, Ed, if you're listening. <laughs> Indeed. Mr. Greenwood. Indeed. So a Draco Lich's appearance is dependent on how long it has been since the dragon was turned undead. So initially it will retain its mortal appearance, but as time passes, its dead body will begin to decompose. Its skin and scales will draw tight across its bones, and its flesh will begin to slough away from its skeleton. Ooh. Eventually, all but 
the Dracolich's bones will disappear. So okay. leaving only a draconic skeleton with shining points of light floating in shadowy sockets of its skull. Okay, real quick, uh, quick mm-hmm. offshoot. I know when you kill a dragon, it's like a pain in the in the ass to loot it because of all of, like the toughness of a dragon. There are like certain, like, especially with critical role, they mm-hmm. do a lot with looting the dragon and like carrying capacities and how to remove certain parts and what not to damage and this and that. Mm-hmm. Are dragon bones like do that? Does that fall on, are these like super special bones because they're dragon bones? They can be. It's just like not. It's not really stated. Do you know, I mean, do you know if that's like a thing? I mean, it's, I think it's a very common thing that collecting like uh, dragon, like for instance, dragon scale armor is made from actual dragon scales. Exactly. And it's yeah. very, very powerful armor. Cool. Um, is there like a dragon bone thing? That yeah. I'm sure you can have like a dragon bone, I don't know, sword. You know what I mean? Or, it's or made of the rib like. of a dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And since dragons are such potently, inherently magical creatures, like their body parts are probably magically um Ooh, you could probably infused. like make a big, like uh, like some sort of weapon out of like the fang or the or the, yeah, the sure. claw or something, and it'll Absolutely. be a magic weapon. That's mm-hmm. dope. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. So the origins of the Dragolich are actually very recent in uh, Forgotten Realms, canonically speaking, having been only invented slash discovered by the Mad Wizard Samaster roughly 400 years before the current Forgotten Realms events going on now. Okay. So only 400 years, which in the lifespan of dragons is incredibly short. True. Okay. The Mad Wizard, in his insanity, had at some point come to the conclusion, due to some ancient prophecies he had uncovered, that undead dragons must inherit the world. <laughs> Again, he's insane. Wow, somebody from thousands of years ago wrote about how undead dragons should be top top dog. Let's do it. And I agree. They're right. So he, he <laughs> I was, I've been blind for so long. <laughs> right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he formed a cult named the Cult of the Dragon, which is dedicated to the reanimation of evil dragons into zombie dragons, skeletal dragons, and Draco liches. <laughs> okay, cool. Through much experimentation and research, the cult raised the first Draco lich from the body of a mighty ancient red dragon, uh, Shargrelar. That's that's how you say that word. Um, and since then, have, are you sure? I think so. And <laughs> since then, have raised many more. Okay. Um, now, though, dragons who seek the immortality of Lichdom are not required to seek out the cult of the dragon necessarily. The ritual can be found through other means. Okay. Okay. Like they can just do it themselves. Theoretically. Well, no. And that's a big part of what makes the Draco Lich different. So. Okay. Sweet. We're gonna get into it, but so the creation ritual for the Draco Lich is actually spelled out explicitly, unlike the one for the original Lich, which is quite frankly. Uh, just the way the way things used to be is like they just hand waved it, and oh, okay. na- nowadays like things tend to be spelled out. And since this is one of the newer things, and the lich is an older thing, it's just the way it is. But quite frankly, dragons get off easy compared to regular liches. Okay, it was heavily implied that the lich ritual required all kinds of terrible horrors and atrocities to be committed in order for it to possibly be successful. Definitely not necessarily going to be successful. All right. The Draco Lich doesn't need need any of that stuff. Doesn't need to really do anything. It just um, has to be a dragon. But it does require the cooperation of a group of powerful spellcasters. A dragon mm-hmm. cannot attain Lichdom alone. In order to initiate the transition from dragon to Draco Lich, the dragon must drink a special concoction known as Draco Lich Brew. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> a mysterious potion that's ingredients are not entirely known, but it is known that it includes potion of evil dragon control. Potion of invulnerability and vampire's blood. I mean, like somebody knows it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like it's not stated to. Yeah, like we, we don't us. know it. You got to figure that yeah, out. You can make it up. You forgot the rosemary, so your Draco <laughs> Lich went rogue, and now he's eating the princess. <laughs> right. So this concoction, uh, once uh, drunk, 
instantly slays the dragon, and the death is supposedly agonizingly painful. <laughs> okay. The dragon drinks his thing and rolls over on its back. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Why have I chosen this? Um, <laughs> at this point, the group of spellcasters must complete a ritual to capture the dragon's soul before it passes to the outer planes. Uh, they then transfer the dragon's soul to a prepared phylactery. Now, a Draco Lich's phylactery has a different set of specifications than that of a regular Lich. A regular Lich's phylactery can be whatever object the Lich chooses that is both inorganic and has a sealed interior space to store the Lich's soul. Like a mason jar. Like a mason jar, sure. A Draco Lich's phylactery does not need an interior space, but it does need to be an object of great value, at least 200k worth of gold value at least 200k in gold if it doesn't last unacceptable so if the economy like kind of tips while you're doing the ritual and you don't so just make sure you get something maybe actually make it a bar of gold because gold usually oh, gone up right yeah gold always goes up that's that's too funny why did it go wrong guys i'm looking at the stock market right now it's not good. We done goofed, man. We shouldn't we have put so much up. into Amazon. That's amazing. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. <laughs> okay. So the the most common draconic uh, Draco Lich phylactery is a large gemstone. Okay. Um, yeah, totally. Because that those hold up. Those hold up. <laughs> it's true. Guys, this emerald isn't real. Oh shit. Oh, we fucked up. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. So once the dragon's soul is bound to its phylactery, it is able to then extend its soul out of its phylactery and repossess its now dead and rotting body. Sweet. While a lich must feed at least one sentient soul per per decade to its phylactery in order to power the magic that binds their soul to it, Draco liches are not under the same obligation. Their phylacteries are self-sufficient. The trade-off is that unlike a regular lich who, if their body is destroyed, it will reform within 24 hours, if a Draco lich's body is destroyed, it is permanently destroyed. Its soul then returns to its phylactery where it is capable of possessing any reptilian or draconic corpse within a limited range of its phylactery. Oh, wow. Okay. So a smart Draco Lich probably has a corpse or two prepared near wherever its phylactery is. Just on is. hand. Because why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. Especially if you're powerful enough to, like, I don't know, take out a couple adult dragons. Let's say you're, like, an ancient Draco Lich and you take out a couple adult dragons and you, you take their bodies, you store it near your phylactery and you enchant them to, like, not decay. Okay. And then, like, if someone takes you out... You're back in your phylactery, you jump into one of your other bodies, and you're good to go. That'd be funny if you have, like, you have a white dragon body on hand, like, extra. You have, like, right. a, a rotating secret wall. You, like, push a brick in, and it turns around, and you mm-hmm. jump in that one. Right. And the party defeats that one also, and it's like, you're not a great Draco Lich. You're just, like, getting started, so you've got, like, what, uh, Frog Hemoth in the back? You got, like, you turn around, like, well, I guess like- I gotta jump into Frog Hemoth. <laughs> gotta get it done as Frog Hemoth, and then figure it out from there, or it's all over, man. I like where your head's at, but frog, a frog hemoth isn't a reptile. I know. Uh, well, k- kind of neat. Like, it's end- yeah. It's not be- kind of. They're just, it's just not a reptile. Uh, but, yeah, well, you know. But it could be something along those lines. I hand really, wave it for my sure, joke. Sure, hand wave it for your joke. I got to do it as frog hemoth. Just got to get it done as frog hemoth, man. Honestly, if I was an adventuring party and I defeated Draco Lich, and then a frog hemoth just jumps out of nowhere to attack us, I'd <laughs> well, be well, horrified. Well, it's the skeleton of, like, a frog hemoth, right? Well, it could be. That's even scarier. Or it's just like the rotting dead I'm body sorry, of frog hemoth, right? If you saw right? a skeleton of a frog hemoth, you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> you would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, Fair a, enough, a, a Well, could do that. You got me there. 
<laughs> Anyways, if a Jekyllich's factory is destroyed or <laughs> taken to a different plane of existence and then its body is destroyed, it will permanently die because it'll be unable to, uh, its soul won't be able to go back to its phylactery. It'll fizzle out because it can't yeah. reach. And then it'll help be forced to pass to the outer planes. Damn. <laughs> and with that being said, let's take a short rest. Yeah, yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the bones of Frog Hemoth anymore, even though I wish we were. Uh, <laughs> what we are talking about is how much we love you for listening to the show, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Will's got something to tell you. It has, it's basically going to reflect exactly what I just said to you right now, but from Will's perspective, go ahead, Will. Ditto. Fucking cop out. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, I love the audience, too. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> um, the Frog Hemoth will come for you, William. Apparently. Uh, the bones of it, anyway. Oh, no. Uh, you won't recognize it. Sorry, we're not talking about that thing. We're talking about this thing, our love. I did that part. Let's talk about part. our contest. Go okay. ahead. We uh, currently have an ongoing contest where we are giving away the upcoming book, Eberron, Rising from the Last War, and it's going to be the fifth edition premiere Eberron book coming out, I believe, November 19th. Yeah. And if you want to win a copy, all you have to do is share our live play D&D um, podcast 
Super Quest Saga. <clears throat> it's on YouTube. It's on uh, pretty much any podcast app you can find. It's on Spotify. Just share a link to the show with the hashtag SuperQuest on Twitter, and you'll be entered to win. Yeah, there's a second way to enter on Instagram. Go to the Dungeon Cast Instagram, and you'll see a post. Uh, it's probably got a dinosaur, a robot man, and a dude with a boomerang on it. And um, speaking of, what do we know about the new Ebron book coming out and why you should want it? Well, it's going to be a big, uh, big lore drop, a big authoritative uh, officially published thing about Ebron, and you're gonna, you know, there's gonna be dinosaurs, robots, and dudes with boomerangs. And that's yeah. what we know. <clears throat> that's so, all you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm sold. Uh, so uh, I think there's trains also. Uh, oh, magic yeah. trains. It's Eberron. I'm pretty sure yeah. uh, that's on the cover of something. Uh, anyway, uh, we have a merch store. We do. It has a whole bunch of custom artwork that we either commissioned or did ourselves. And it does. It, and you can slap that shit on shirts and cups and, and stuff. Mugs, so we did. shirts. Um, I think that's actually, I think it's just mugs and It's shirts. mugs and shirts. Get it's out of here. Mugs and shirts this, for days. We play D&D, damn it. Like, what else do we need but a place to put our coffee and something to cover our nipples? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're, if you're interested in any Dungeon Cast merch, please check out the link below. Um, yeah, it really helps. Yeah, free the nipple. <laughs> free the nipple. Let's get back to the show. Okay. We've returned. Indeed we have. And uh, I believe we're talking about Draco Liches. Um, so let us continue. Let me check the record. Let me go ahead. Yep, it was Draco Liches. All right, let's do it. So... Uh-huh. For a dragon to decide to willingly become a Draco Lich, it's kind of a big deal. Well, it sounds like you don't typically, right? But you could. Because, well, like, is this something that, like, people are just doing? So the cult of the dragon uh, transforms dragons that are both willing and unwilling. Okay. If it, if it can. That's a difficult thing to pull off, but uh, it, it has been done. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I would say a, a dragon going Draco Lich is a decision. Okay. But uh, and it's it's a big one. It's a big deal because to say that among dragons, the concept uh, of becoming a Draco Lich is taboo is a severe understatement. Um, by becoming a Draco Lich, dragon severs all its ties to all things draconic. Draco Liches are not dragons; they are undead. This is even represented in the Five E Monster Manual by swapping um, of the creatures type from dragon to undead. Oh, <clears throat> so, so did we fuck up by doing this in the year of the dragon? No, not at all. No, nope. <laughs> it's dragon adjacent. And this is Spooktober. <laughs> Spooked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So to most dragons, uh, the very concept of rejecting their dracon- dr- yeah, draconic nature is utterly repulsive and heinous. Uh, dragon's infamous pride is almost always based primarily upon the fact that they are a dragon. Tiamat herself is revolted by Drago Liches and disowns any of her children who choose this path. There is no place. <laughs> in, there's no place in the afterlife for Drago Liches. Um, so yeah, because you, you're now you've dedicated yourself to the material world pretty much. You've de- you've dedicated yourself to yourself at this point. Yeah, and <clears throat> but you're forced to exist with the mortal in the mortal coil, right? Yeah, which I guess is what you wanted because you just basically never wanted to die. Yeah, apparently. So because of this, <clears throat> only the most absolutely narcissistic and deranged of dragon kind choose to walk this path willingly. Really, it wouldn't be like more uh, like hell bent on unfinished finish business sort of thing yeah sure but my point is like <clears throat> you gotta be loose upstairs they to are have to so do that. narcissistic that even their extremely long lives um are not enough for them they still cannot bear the concept of their own mortality i look so good <clears throat> even dead even even <laughs> when dragons of all creatures have uh, like one of the most secure places in the, <clears throat> in the afterlife <clears throat> good or evil I mean, yeah. I, guess, I guess the evil kind of sucks because you got to deal with T-Map, but she's got a place for you. You're into it, though, because you're a dragon. 
Some, some some chromatics are more into it than others. A lot of chromatics don't really like T-Mat. <laughs> but she's their queen. They're too much too much alike. Right, too much alike to ever get along. Um, but where was I? Even in death. <clears throat> so, I mean, they're so, and they're so obsessed with this concept that um, they're willing to go to any lengths, including forsaking their kin and their gods to avoid death. <clears throat> so... Some say that by necessity, all Draco liches must be insane. Otherwise, they would not be. <clears throat> so, Draco liches share much of the same psychology of their living evil draconic counterparts. Things like extreme levels of pride, narcissism, and arrogance, uh, greed for both power and wealth, um, and delight in both destruction and domination of others. <clears throat> okay. What, what trait Draco liches tend to have that gets turned up to 11, though, is this fiendish level of of intelligence, scheming, and plotting. Okay. So, so Dracoliches don't just want to be immortal just because. They usually turn to death to give themselves the time necessary to craft and execute complex webs of calculated and nefarious design. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. They need right. something to, those fools need something to do, and they haven't gotten it done in their long lifespan, and they're going to keep going for <clears> it. And this is like a exactly. good act for that. Okay. So, <clears throat> political upheaval. Gathering of powerful servants in an army, the assassination of powerful rivals, and the conquering of nations, worlds, and planes are the business of a Draco Lich. Okay. Always acting from the shadows and always ten steps ahead of their potential adversaries and challengers. Much like a beholder, attempting to outthink or strategize against such a cunning and maniacal foe is likely an exercise in futility. Okay. So these, again, these are really big campaign enders. Like, these are dragons that, again, are so dedicated to... Like your undoing, probably. Yeah, your undoing, but also just so dedicated to whatever their grand design is. Yeah, they're willing to go to this extreme length of undeath to make it happen. So like, they're just probably way more ambitious and motivated when it comes to their like conquering or whatever. Yeah, they're sacrificing all their core beliefs and abilities to become this monstrosity. Right, and they're this. This creature's trying to have like some sort of like major social outreach, it sounds like. Yeah, probably. Most yeah. definitely. So <clears throat> a Dracolich is likely to have both plentiful allies and enemies. Um, they can pretty much count on all draconic beings, both good and evil as their mortal foes. They also fear and revile each other. All Dracoliches see other Dracoliches as direct competition and potential usurpers of their power and wealth. They avoid each other completely unless looking to destroy their counterpart. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, that's pretty... I'm honestly, honestly, that's not a big difference from just normal evil dragons. Pretty normal much. evil dragons don't fucking like each other either. Man, how have I never drawn a Transformers parallel to dragons before? There's like Autobots and Decepticons up in this bitch. And this yeah. is like Megatron. It's like me. the it's a dichotomy of good and evil is what it is. It's it's the basic dichotomy of good and evil. Like yeah, the but they're idea. literally like polymorphing all over the place and like doing all kinds of shit. Like, sure. Like in yeah, Transformers. there's a lot of that. There's probably explosions, like a lot of Michael Bay style explosions whenever you have a dragon fight. Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. But the big difference here is like Decepticons do work together all the time, even though they don't like it. Uh, evil dragons do not work together. Well, this is like you bring Megatron back to life, and then all of a sudden, you know. I guess if you bring Tiamat into the picture, suddenly everyone's working together. Your your team your cult is leader is Starscream, and like, does that make Bahamut um, Optimus Prime? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. or like whatever Gold Dragon is in charge. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. I mean, there are a lot of parallels for sure, but again, the reason is because it's the, your real basic good and evil, like the idea that like. Those who are good work together and are orderly. Those who are evil are chaotic and, like, they undermine each other. Yeah, but a Draco Lich isn't working with dragons, right? Like, at this no, point? No, no, no. Yeah, let's get back to Draco Liches. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're not. They're super not. So, um, among Draco Lich's allies, mostly are undead. 
Undead are probably the biggest ones that can be included. So yeah. liches, vampires, death knights, whites, etc. All can be found in the service of a Draco lich, or at least an alliance if it's more like on equal terms. Okay. Um, cultists are another group of allies, along with the usual draconic minions of kobolds. Um, Draco liches may find patrons among the many gods of undeath, such as Vecna, Nerul, or Null, or even the demon lord Orcus. <clears throat> Other evil creatures, such as hags, demons, orcs, and goblins, can easily be brought under their sway. Okay. So some of that, some of that is just because they're just really powerful, evil, and smart. And, you know, dragons like dragons can team up with hags, demons, orcs, and goblins as well. But that's kind of reminding me of the, um, um, like a demon lord will have like a posse. Like a really, yeah, a really yeah. Cool posse of a d- lot of these dudes. big bads, like they got an entourage of other bad dudes. Yeah, I mean, because true. Yeah, that's you know why not? That's how you maintain power by having those who are in power on your side. True. So, any questions about Draco liches before we start getting into the stats, if you will? We kind of had like so you were mentioning like the cultists. If cultists bring you to life, you're not like immediately waking up and trying to kill those motherfuckers. You're just trying to probably not. Like, now your friends. The, they were probably it was probably a deal that was. Like, you know, the deal was like, hey, I want to be a Draco Lich. I need you six people to help me. And they said yes. And it's like in exchange, you probably. Now they're you, like the they're, emissaries of the Draco Lich. Probably yeah. Or something it, like that. Maybe it's a servitude thing or maybe it's just like a, an alliance deal where it's like this cult and me have a working relationship. Yeah. You guys figure out my yearly soul thing. And well, I'll, no, the dragons don't have a yearly soul thing. But like. Oh, no, it, I thought you said once a year they had to... No, no, that's oh, regular Oh, that's the regular liches. lich. Yeah. This is different. Okay, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it could be along the lines of, like, they did this great favor for me, so periodically, if they ask me of some sort of favor, I, I'm likely to give it to them. And, okay. And vice versa. So yes. Something uh, along those lines. Initially, the, the bon- signing bonus is like, <laughs> here's some bones. You guys like bones, right? <laughs> that seems to be your thing. Seems to be your thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the stats. Mm-hmm. So, um, unlike, I think this is the first n- monster without, like, a, a stat block that we've ever talked about. So Oh, there's no... There's this no, is... Oh, I know it. I know this what this is. This is what's called a template. So, yeah. essentially... The idea of a Draco Lich is a template that you can put on top of a normal dragon stats to turn right. into a Draco Lich. So, and this kind of makes the Draco Lich have a little more flavor with the lore behind it, like what kind of dragon it was. Um, yes, absolutely. So th- there's pros and cons to the template. I think the template's a good idea, but I also think that like a lot of the templates are kind of weak sauce. So, Oh, weak sauce, you say? Weak sauce, I say. Let's get so, into it. Let's get into it. So um, if, for example, you're trying to make uh, an ancient blue dragon... Gone Draco Lich, you would take the Ancient Blue Dragon uh, mm-hmm. stat block, and then you would add these features to it. Um, add one crazy potion and six dudes that chant. So the first feature is called type, and essentially this is where you just change the type from dragon to undead. Um, and uh, the Draco Lich no longer requires air, food, or drink, or sleep. Dope. Next feature is damage resistance. The Draco Lich has resistant resistance to necrotic damage. Makes sense. Then damage immunities. Draco Lich has immunity to poison. It also retains any immunities that it had prior to becoming a Draco Lich. Condition immunities. Draco Lich can't be charmed, frightened, paralyzed, or poisoned. It also doesn't suffer from exhaustion. And lastly, magic resistance. The Draco Lich has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Cool. And that's that's the template. Oh. Nothing else. Oh. Nothing cool. Well, I mean, like, you could just keep your legendary resistances from, or, like, lair actions from whatever was yeah, the dragon yeah, before. Yeah, absolutely. But my point is, like, 
Nothing, nothing extra special here, huh? No, nothing extra special. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, the idea is that, like, Draco Liches keep whatever type of breath they had before, which I'm fine with. But I guess what I would do here, personally, is since you have the option to give dragons, like, spellcasting, um, I would just make my Draco Lich a spellcaster, because it should be, and give it a bunch of necrotic stuff. Totally. Yeah, I would all necromancy. I would reflavor. I would homebrew the hell out of this, yeah. honestly. Oh, yeah, like, me too. Why not? Yeah, we, why not? We have the template for how dragons are supposed to, like, mechanically impose themselves upon, you know, a right. battle. So right. why don't we just give them, like, why doesn't it have a necrotic, necrotic breath weapon, et cetera, et cetera? I think I voiced my... Um, my criticism on the dragon stat block for fifth edition many over, times already. Over and over it's, again, it's yeah. already <laughs> super mundane and like uh, super standardized. And then you took the Draco Lich and you standardized it too. Yeah, I mean, like they they thought they, they I obviously think they have a working formula with like I mean, the it basics. Works. It's fine. I mean, it's just like there's nothing that like I can't deal with. They I'm, treat I'm it like a, dra- a dragon is a dragon. There's a couple of tweaks here and there between right. different types, and that's more or less true. But true. like you could get a lot more unique as you play the game <clears> of Dungeons and Dragons. You're gonna want to you know explore new territory and try right. new things. I, so the biggest the biggest problem I have with this though is that the Dragon Lich doesn't get any layer actions or regional effects you it says that you as the dungeon master have the choice to do what you want with it and so like i guess it could keep its old ones but honestly i don't like the idea of uh draco lich keeping its old layer actions and old regional effects because the idea here is that it's no longer a dragon so you cast it should, all that out yeah you cast all that out so all those things that were like inherent to it because of its draconic magic like should be gone and so I think the Draco Lich should get its own uh, Draco Lich uh, layer actions and regional effects. So and not gone, but repurposed re- to, to match it. Yeah, it's, repurposed. Like, I think the Draco Lich should get its own layer actions and, and regional effects. Yeah, totally. End of story. So why, why don't we just take from the Skull Lord where you can, like, raise undead and do stuff like that, command certain, like, legions or hordes of undead creatures? Well, the, the Skull Lord doesn't get layer actions, but... No, I, I know that, but it, right. it can, like, summon those. It can summon, um, like, five dudes or whatever sure, we were just yeah. talking about. And, and that's pretty much what, what I was going to say is, like, what I would do, and and I printed these out, is I would take the layer actions from the Lich and just use those. Yeah, I would okay. take the regional effects from the Vampire and just use those. And here, let me read them off, and you can tell me if you think that these are... Well, that's not bad. I remember the Vampire ones. They're really spooky. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're both very fitting. You tell me what you think. So... Just imagine that this is the layer actions for Draco Lich. So everything happens on Instagram of 20. One, the Draco Lich rolls one of the actions it could choose. The Draco Lich rolls a D8 and regains a spell slot of that level or lower. Ooh. If it has no spell, spent spell slots of that level or lower, nothing happens. Second action. The Draco Lich targets one creature it can see within 30 feet of it. A crackling cord of negative energy tethers to the Draco Lich Tethers the Draco Lich to the target. Whenever the Draco Lich takes damage, the target must make a DC 18 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the Draco Lich takes half the damage rounded down, and the target takes the remaining damage. Ooh. This tether lasts until initiative count 20 on the next turn. That's like that cleric <clears throat> spell, the like ring of whatever. Yeah, sure. I don't know what spell you're talking about, but it's sure. okay. The, and then the last action is the Draco Lich calls forth the spirits of creatures that died in its lair. These apparitions materialize and attack one creature that the Draco Lich can see within 60 feet of it. The target must succeed on a DC 18 constitution saving throw, uh, taking 15 D6 necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much on a success. The apparitions then disappear. That's fucking sick. Yeah, it'd be really cool. And here's the thing, There's gonna too. There's going to be a whole bunch of high, powerful shit that died in there. Yeah, absolutely. But also, like, if... 
you don't go with the DM discretion of like giving the Draco Lich the old layer in regional actions. You effectively lower this monster's CR drastically. And the idea of becoming a Draco Lich is to become more powerful. So, mm. it, you know, that, that part irks me too. It's like, why wouldn't you give these guys their own like undead layer actions like they should have? They shouldn't have dragon layer actions. They should have undead ones. So that was the layer actions. Here are the vampire regional effects, and I think they're very fitting for the Draco Lich. So I'm going to talk about it as if they are, um, what's the word? I'm like a canon. Yeah, totally. So, um, the region surrounding a Draco Lich's lair is warped by the creature's unnatural presence, creating any of the following effects. Number one, there's a notable increase in the populations of bats, rats, and wolves in the region. Two, plants within 500 feet of the lair wither, and their stems and branches become thorny, twisted and thorny. That's the opposite of thick. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Fucking thinnest. Uh, indeed. Three, shadows cast 500 feet from the lair seem abnormally gaunt and sometimes move as though they are alive. And four, a creeping fog clings to the ground within 500 feet of the Draco Lich's lair. The fog occasionally uh, takes eerie forms, such as grasping claws and writhing serpents. That's fun. So, I think both those are incredibly fitting. It gives you this really scary, undead monstrosity with a dope layer effect, dope regional effects, and, um, you know, a, a pretty powerful uh, stat block. Yeah, you could always take, like, your... your um like regional effect of the red dragon or whatever, make it like put an undead spin on a regional effect that a red dragon would have. Yeah, you could do that too. You could take all the the dragon layer and regional effects and then just kind of tweak them to be yeah. undead like. If you want, if you want more of that original dragon feel, like right. to keep it. But I really like what you did. I think that's a very very like solid take on it. Yeah, this sure. is definitely I, I how that. I would do it. Uh, but this is just me personally. Yeah, I would probably throw in something extra. I, I like the idea that they should be more powerful. That's the reason this Draco Lich thing is happening. Mm-hmm. I, I realize that like you traded your your mortal clock for uh, at the infinite sign, so like that's right. more powerful in a way. In yeah. a way, yeah. yeah. You you but you trade in like now you're we- like undead are weak to specific things like mm-hmm. radiant and like clericy stuff. Right. So that that's like your trade off. So more powerful is a perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like, I like caking on a little extra ability there. Right. So that's probably how I would do it. I just add like something from the red dragon. Yeah. Lair sure. Or whatever. Absolutely. So, uh, any questions about Drake Lich? Uh, I think I got them all answered. All right, cool. Well, then let's get ready oh, for a long. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I do have one. Okay. I do have one. Like, what's the house again? Did we talk about like what the lair is exactly? Um, no, because again, they're they don't have lair actions or regional effects, so it didn't give me any of that information. I guess it's going with well, the Drago Lich is just going to use the lair that it's always had during life. Oh, okay, so it it could be a volcano. It could be the red yeah, dragon. It could be a thing. volcano. It could be a desert. It yeah. could be like it could the be coastal ocean. And that's a good question. Like, if a red dragon goes Draco Lich and it's no longer a red dragon, does it still prefer the places it did in life? Sure, it just decorates for fireproof Halloween, and like you're good. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but maybe not because remember, a lot of those tendencies were because of their biology. Yeah, no, I I would definitely come up with that was a joke. I would come up with a new lair for yeah, sure. Like, I think so. Where was it? Where did these cultists raise this Draco Lich? That's probably the new lair honestly yeah maybe it's probably like a fucking Could be. like an old beholder cave or something like that yeah that'd be dope yeah absolutely. we killed the beholder and now we're making a draco lich mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh we accidentally made the beholder lich what was that called 
Um, well, there's the uh, the Death Tyrant, but that's not that. It's not exactly a Beholder Lich, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of. Some of the episode. Maybe next Spooktober. Maybe next Spook Galeen. Spook Galeen. Anyways, let's get ready for a long rest. So, okay. before we go, I would like to ask our audience to please go check out Super Quest Saga, the 5e live play DD game that we hear the Dungeon Cast play. It's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on any podcast app you can find. You can find the link in the description. And if you like what we do here, you'll probably like what we do there. And it's a really fun sci-fi space adventure Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Everything Will said is true. Do all that stuff. Uh, if you could leave us iTunes reviews and stuff, too, that's really cool. It always helps. Um, we have a, an overwhelmingly positive like iTunes uh, review experience. So we do. It's very fun Thank for, you guys for so us. Much. It makes me smile. So thanks a lot. <laughs> we, we love that you guys appreciate the show enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way you can support the show is to tell somebody about it. Um, if you're looking to get into contact with us, you can reach out to us on social media. Will's at the Dungeon Cast on Twitter, and I'm the Dungeon Cast on Instagram. You can also um, reach out to us at the DungeonCast at gmail.com. Uh, it's a great place. We love getting emails there and, and hearing your guys' ideas for the show or like a cool campaign story you guys have. Um, we also take advertising inquiry and things like that. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so there, or you can jump into our discord. Uh, we're in there all the time. Thanks to everybody that's working so hard in there. Indeed. We've got Thank a lot you guys of, so much. A lot of I love incoming the discord, people. Man. It's a great, it's a great community. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you have questions about super quest saga, you can ask us in there. We're happy to answer. Um, yeah, there's nothing else I have. All right. With that being said, let's call it a game. Bay. We'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.